verses 14, 15, and 16. Uh, I'm going to unpack this particular text a little later, but um, it says, uh, and I, I've written it in the different versions, and the Living Bible says, uh, but Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Therefore, let us never stop trusting him. Hebrews 4, verse 15, J.B. Phillips translation, the Message Bible, and also the NIV says, for we have no superhuman high priest. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all tempted in every way, just as we are currently now being tested, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, the King James Version, let us therefore come boldly or come with confidence unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. I, I want to talk to you uh, this, this morning about uh, obtaining mercy, obtaining mercy. And one of the reasons why I want to talk to you about this, if you can pass me that the jar here, is because uh, I'm going to be talking over the next four weeks or so about grace and mercy. And the reason why I want to do that is because I really believe that this church is entering into a season of amazing, incredible grace, incredible grace, that God is doing some unusual things. Um, it, it's just amazing. People uh, are just getting blessed like crazy. And what I want to make sure is that we understand the grace of God at work in our hearts and our lives so that we don't mess up what God is doing. Amen. Amen. So that we know how to handle what God is doing in our lives. Uh, and so I want to talk about obtaining mercy today. Last week we talked about grace, and we'll talk about grace a little bit further, more. But the word grace in the Hebrew, uh, sorry, in the Greek, is the Greek word charis, from which you get our English word charisma, and it means favor. When you receive grace, you receive favor. Uh, the technical definition of grace in the Greek is divine influence upon one's heart or one's attitude. And the, re, the reflection of that godly influence through your life. So God influences your heart, and then it's reflected in your life. That's grace. Notice what the scripture here says, at least in the King James Version. It says, we find grace, but we obtain favor. Okay? We find grace, but we obtain favor. Let me unpack that a little bit. Uh, we said last week that finding grace means to meet by chance. It means to fall into. It means to discover. It means to recognize. 
when, when God, when Moses asked the Lord, who, who is it, should I tell the people, Israel, who sent me to deliver them in uh, Exodus chapter 3, he says, my name is I am. Tell them I am that I am. Or my name is Jehovah. Or my name is Yahweh. And what we found in the scriptures is that whenever God did something, the Jewish people would attach a suffix to describe what the Lord did and who the Lord is. So, for example, uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter uh, 22, let me make sure I have it. He called him Jehovah Jireh or the Lord who provides or it technically really means the Lord who sees. Are you with me so far? Everybody with me? Okay, good. And so uh, uh, now, now that was an act of grace, that provision that the Lord gave because the Bible says that after the Lord, and you read it for yourself, after the Lord said to, to uh, Abraham, do not sacrifice your son Isaac, he, the King James Version says anyways, that he turned around and he saw a ram caught in the bush and that ram was to be the sacrifice. In other words, the Lord surprised him. The Lord snuck up on him. And he, he, didn't, he didn't see the grace of God that he kind of fell into. He kind of discovered it. Are you with me so far? And then we, we find that in, um, in uh, Judges chapter 6, Gideon is, uh, he has this encounter with, this, uh, with, with the Lord angel but he doesn't realize it's an angel and he has this conversation trying to confirm hey is God really sending me to fight these uh, Midianites I need confirmation he and he finally says uh, I'm gonna cook a meal for you and bring it back as a sacrifice he brings it back to the angel and the angel uh, basically uh, burns the sacrifice, sets it on fire, it kind of blows up in front of him, and the angel disappears. And Gideon says, oh my goodness, I was in the presence of an angel, and I didn't even recognize it. Are you with me? And so he says, I am going to die. It's over. And the Lord says, no, you're not going to die. Everything's cool. And because of he, he was still alive, he named that place, or that moment, Jehovah Shalom meaning that instead of God trying to kill me, he's made peace with me, and I made peace with him. But again, he didn't recognize it. He didn't know it. And so, that, so uh, I, I've discovered, that, at least for me, that he is the God of surprises. And I, I remember, as I said a couple years ago, I, I, I met a, a man uh, in, in, uh, in Colorado. His name is Dan, Dan Whittier. He's from... Uh, He's from Maine, and he, he said to me, I, I know we call him Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah uh, Rofa. I got a new name for God. I'm calling him Jehovah Sneaky because he sneaks blessings into my life. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Yeah. Jehovah Sneaky Jehovah. is not in the Bible. Okay, 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 okay. It's, not, it's not in the Bible. It's a made-up name. Okay, and, and some people have a problem with, you know, are you quoting Jehovah Sneaky? Okay, call him to God of surprises. And what I've discovered is that when we sit quietly and meditate on our day, we will discover how God has snuck blessings into our lives. 
The word sneak really means surprise. That's why many of you, you have on your feet sneakers. Sneakers. So that people can come up on you and surprise you. One of our small groups, I was, they, they text me a picture of this and I said, you need to give this to me to see, to show the church. And they have a Jehovah sneaky jar. <laughs> and under it, they have the God who surprises. Amen. This is an unshameful plug for small groups. And everybody in a small group, they put, when they meet, how did God surprise us? Amen. He is the God who is full of surprises. But I want to talk about obtaining mercy. I believe that this is going to set many of you free about the difference between mercy and grace. I am determined if the Lord would help me to make this place a guilt-free zone. I'll say that again. I'm determined to make this place a guilt-free zone. God does not use guilt. It is the devil's tool. When Adam and Eve sinned, they felt guilty. God doesn't use guilt. He uses conviction. Guilt drives you away from God. Conviction drives you to God. When you are convicted, meaning that I am a mess, that's when you're able to say, I need thee. I got to come to you. The devil wants to drive you away from God because he realizes God is the only one who can help you. So if you feel yourself driven away from God because you messed up, that is the devil. If you feel like, no, I'm not going to go to church on Sunday because I'm feeling, no, I really messed up on Saturday, that is the devil. Oh, it's quiet in here, but that's all right. That's, my, that's what I believe. I believe that the only one who can help us is the Lord. Mm. We obtain mercy. The word obtain, this Greek word obtain, it means to receive, to take with the hand, to claim. So the word obtain is two Latin words. Our English word, ob means in front of, so observe means to serve what's in front of you. Obstruct meaning something is built in front of you so you can't see. But obtain means to grasp what is in front of you to grasp with your hand. And, and so when Jesus was preaching, after John was thrown in jail, in Matthew 4, verse 17, he says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, to say this is the King James Version, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's within your reach. So I want to encourage you that mercy is within your reach. It is right in front of you. Everybody with me so far? Um, I need, I need Three children. If I can have, there's one, there's two, and there's, you're not a child. Okay, and three, okay, okay. So why don't you, you, why don't you two come? 
and I think I saw CGI, and you can sit right in front here next to Lady Carmen, and when I, and when I um, call on you, even now the Lord is saying you will be pastors in Pentecostal, no, okay. <laughs> false prophet, false prophet. <laughs> So, he says, obtain mercy. Mercy is within your reach. So the question is, what is mercy? The word mercy in the Greek, it means kindness toward the miserable and afflicted joined with a desire to help them. Kindness toward the miserable or the afflicted but it's joined with a desire to help them. It is kindness. David said these words in Psalm 63, verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than living, my lips will praise you. That's the mercy of God. The English definition of the word kindness, uh, uh, mercy is kindness, some of these words, bountifulness, bounty, Clemency, like Clement Morgan Park. Clement Morgan Park is the merciful park. Clement Morgan Park, the word, you look at the word clemency, it means peaceful. It's supposed to be peaceful. It's supposed to be merciful. It's not supposed to be violent. Amen. And this, this uh, Thursday evening, we'll be ministering in Dana Park. Dana Park means bright as day. So we're going to bring the light of the Lord in Dana Park through the glory of God. Are you with me so far? Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be long. Uh, there's three areas where we need mercy. And I want, to, I want to create for you a picture of mercy so that you will understand that his mercies are new every day so that you will understand that you have a right to ask God for mercy and he will respond. We, the, once, at least for me, once I got this picture of mercy, then I, then I got a, a, a greater appreciation of, of Jeremiah when he wrote his song in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, that his faithfulness and mercies are new every day. And, and sometimes we don't realize how merciful God has been. But this morning, I want to encourage you to, to regularly pray for the mercies of God. That's why I love that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou Changeth not. Thy compassions, they fail not. And then, then we go on, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And I am praying to God that as you understand the mercies of God, you will become more appreciative and bless God for his mercies. And you will not allow the devil to keep you from the mercy that's within your reach. Mm. So when I looked up, and, I, and I've said this before, when I looked up the word mercy, I thought of these definitions, bountifulness, 
or bounty. And we know, thank you, sir, that bounty is the quicker picker-upper. When you make a mess, you need bounty. Amen. Now, some of you may not use bounty. You may use something else, but we're going to be using bounty. Okay. And, and how many of you use bounty? Anybody use bounty? And so I've discovered that bounty cleans up mess. Cleans up mess. And we need God's mercy to clean up mess. <laughs> oh, this is, I hope this blesses you like it blessed me. The Bible says that we can come with confidence to God, with God's mercy. We can come with confidence. In other words, we can come and not be hesitant. We can come and not say, God is going to be angry with me. God is saying, he, he sends out an invitation, come for my mercy. Are you with me so far? And so there are, there are three times you need mercy. You can put them all up there. You need mercy when you're in a mess. You need mercy when you made a mess. And you need mercy when your life is a mess. Are you with me so far? And so, uh, uh, let's start with you, sir. So, you don't have to turn around. You can just face me. And so, you come to me, and you need mercy. You look like you need, can you smile? Ah, there you go, because I'm going to pay you. Ah, smiling now. So, we come to the throne of grace where we might obtain Mercy, are you with me? And, and so uh, I, I've come to the throne of grace because I am in a mess. Meaning that I didn't cause it, but I'm in a mess. Some of you, maybe you've gone to a job that's a mess. Mm -hmm. and, and so what happens many times is that, so as you come to God, okay, you come to the throne and God says, you know what? I'm going to clean up your mess. And so he, he, as you bring the mess to the Lord, he cleans it up. Okay? Do you feel good? Good. So I'm going to pay you now. Yeah. Hey. And you can keep the paper towel too. Yeah. He said, he said thank you. So, blind Bartimaeus, as you see in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, he finds himself in a mess. And the messy situation he finds himself in is that he is blind. Are you with me so far? And, and I'm, what I'm saying is that not so much that, no, he was born blind. It, he, no, I'm if he had a choice, read the scripture, he would want to see. So he says to Jesus, he doesn't say, Jesus, son of David, heal me. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I need you to 
clean up my messy situation because my blindness has affected my, my manner of living. Are you with me? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a beggar. I want to work, but my blindness is healing me. I mean, my blindness is keeping me from being the person I need to be. And so I'm asking you, Lord, that you would have mercy on me, that you would address this messy situation. And I've discovered, uh, I have on our prayer, I have on our, in our prayer room, this, I laminated this paper towel. And it says, mercy, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And I've started, when there are messy situations that I find myself in, I say, God, have mercy. God, clean up this messy situation. And I'm discovering that when I ask God to clean up a situation, he, his mighty hand comes through and cleans it up. Can you say amen? amen. How many of you had God clean up a situation? You weren't the cause of it. You just kind of got thrown into it. And God had the ability to just clean it up. He's not obligated to. He could have left me in the mess, but he cleaned it up. And I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your mercy. That's the easy one. The next one is when you messed up. And not only did you mess up, but your mess up affected other people. I was quiet in here. And you know you messed up. Could you come, sir? You all right? Okay. And so you come to the throne of grace and you say, God, I messed up. And God says, you know what? I know you messed up. And so here's mercy. There's enough here for me not only to clean up your mess, but clean up the people who you messed up. He's like, okay, yeah, I get some money for you too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like, thank you. I love this church. <laughs> and sometimes you have messed up royally. No, because some of you all are, I know you're in a Pentecostal church, so you don't ever mess up. I'm going to talk about me. Sometimes we can mess up royally. Sometimes we are texting something and all of a sudden we press send and you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Anybody? Anybody mess up? Okay. And, and, and all you can say is, God, have mercy. You, 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 you're like, I'm doing it. It's over. And, and my point is that there was one time when, when the Lord gave me this prayer, I was like, thank you, Lord, because there's one time messed up badly and I came to the Lord and see, this is what was going to help you. I came to the Lord and said, God, I messed up. There's a word I want to use, but my mother doesn't like it. Uh, I messed up and God, I, 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 I'm, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do and God, I am asking you for mercy. Clean up this mess. And God supernaturally made the thing 
he turned the mess into a masterpiece. And people are like, wow, whoo, wow, that's fantastic. But only me and God knew how messy it was. And his hand stepped in. And how many of you can say to with, like, like me, I messed up, but God cleaned it up. It, it's like, have you ever spilled something and you, you, it's on the table, you spilled it, and you see it just kind of spreading and spreading. And you're like, oh my goodness. And, and you're like, I have nothing to clean this up. It seems like when I make a mess and it's spreading, God with his hand comes and just cleans up the mess so that it doesn't spread and mess up other people's lives. And even when it messes up other people's lives, somehow God is able to wipe their memory from what I did. David messed up. Many of you know this story about how he had an adulterous affair with uh, one of his mighty men of valor, uh, Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And we get, when he, when he prays to God, after he's confronted by Nathan, we go quickly to the part, creating me a clean heart. And we made songs about it, creating me a clean heart and purify me. But the first thing David says in Psalm 51, verse 1, have mercy on me. Clean up this mess. And some may say, well, you know, David, when you think, it doesn't seem like God cleaned up the mess because a lot of people got affected. I look at it this way. What would have happened if he didn't ask for mercy? It could have been worse. My final point is, so for me, I now put this on our prayer wall and I said, God, there are things that I've said, things that I've done that were wrong and I'm asking you to have mercy. Clean up this mess. And then finally, and I, I like this one, it's when I think I made a mess out of my life. Now some of you sitting here, you're looking at the way your life has gone and you've said, I've made such a mess of my life. There is no way God can fix this. Your life couldn't be any more messed up than the tax collector. In Luke chapter 18, verse 13, he is praying to God and he's beating his chest saying, God, have mercy on me. Tax collectors in the Jewish mind were so bad, they were put in the same category as murderers and fornicators and adulterers. In fact, tax collectors were so reviled that they were not even allowed in the synagogue or the temple. You know, you know your life is bad when people don't even want you in the church. My life is a mess. And yet God says, there's mercy for you too. Come on up. There's mercy for you too. There's mercy for you too. And God says, you know what? I got enough mercy for you. Stay right there. Because some of you, he has to go into a storage bin. <laughs> because your life is so messed up. But he says, I got enough mercy for you. And so what God does is says, I know you, I got a hole.
There's enough mirror. Now, I wish I had a camera so you could see her face because she was shocked, like, <gasps> and that's what some of you are. That after all I'd done, how could God have this much mercy for me? Mm. His mercies are new every day. And for some of you who are worried about your children, God has enough mercy for your children to last a lifetime because the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever and ever. He will clean up your mess for eternity. Can somebody give the Lord praise for his mercy?